<laughs> Welcome to the Hunting University Podcast, coming to you from the Rocky Mountain Home Hunter Studios. I'm John Shaw. I'm Keone Hutton. And I'm Leslie Reed. We are super excited to be back with you today. Uh, we, for all of you who have listened to episode 12, you know that we uh, are in the process of designing our next haunted, our next home haunt. We have settled on a theme. We developed the backstory, and oh, and we talked about it. Yeah, and we talked about the audience. audience. Yeah, we talked about the um, audience for haunted attractions in general, and we settled on the audience that we are going to be targeting uh, with our haunted attractions going forward. We also discussed the history of haunted houses, the history of home haunting, um, and kind of the a, a brief kind of discussion of fear, terror, and what is scary. Right. But at the end of that episode, we started really getting into factors that, well, we started discussing specific things about designing the haunt, and we realized that it was going to blossom into a really large discussion, so we stopped Cut it off right there, publish the episode, and then we started moving on to the room design. So we spent probably two and a half or three hours designing the first four rooms of the uh, first micro haunt that we want to put together in 2019, or for Halloween 2019. And over the course of that, the <laughs> computer that I used to record all of our file, like everything that we do recorded nothing zero zilch zip nada none nil everything that we worked on none of it got recorded and i like when i realized this i broke down and started crying just a little bit <laughs> but the good news all of the notes that we made we still have so all of the work is not lost we at least know what we talked about but unfortunately you our listeners don't get to come along with us on that journey as we were designing the first four rooms, our first micro haunt. Could be a less is more situation. Uh, yeah, maybe. We also had a lot of discussions on, um, really the big discussion we had of is whether or not we wanted to bring the haunt forward in time or leave <clears> it where it was and kind of what level, um, essentially we did more um, design planning as well during that discussion. Mm -hmm. We did, we did. And ultimately, I think we decided, correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't write that part down, but uh, we ultimately decided that uh, we're going to keep the time period in the like turn of the century, uh, 1890s to 1910, that time period, uh, Industrial Revolution era, unless, as we're designing from here forward, we run into something that would really take us out of... Yeah, that we can't get that we really want to do and we can't get around in or we and we couldn't do in that time period. Yep. That is correct. So that's where we stand. And to get all of our listeners caught up, I think we want to talk a little bit about what we accomplished during what I'm gonna start referring to as the lost episode. <laughs> I actually like that. Thank you. Thank you. I, no, I actually like I, that. I, I'm still like dead inside because of it. <clears throat> So and just to prove and just to prove that this one is recording, our files up to three thousand six hundred and twenty-four kilobytes. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't about to ask. <laughs> just, just, just to make, just to be sure. And calculation to inches. Uh, I'll work on that. Well, I'll work on that. Well, John talks about uh, <laughs> the rooms that we designed. <laughs> so the so we'll do a quick summary of kind of what we what we decided on as far as the planning for the first four rooms of the haunt. Um, so the first one we have, and 
bear with me here. I'm pressing the article right to my face because I'm pretty blind. So the first room we have was one where our guest will encounter um, a creepy female patient. <coughs> not just a creepy, fe- not a creepy female, a creepy little girl. And I think be- because that is key, like Leslie, creepy- Leslie, little on here. fair enough. But Leslie, creepy as she is, is not as creepy as a little girl. I don't know. I mean, the capacity for all. <laughs> Maybe to those who don't know her. I feel like if you break... My coworker's going to attest to that. I was going to say, I feel like if you look at both and break them down, I feel like the capacity for harm is much higher with Leslie. Well, okay, that's fair, but... Just saying. There may be a greater capacity for harm, but innately, she appears less... (gasps) What if we could find a creepy little miniature version of Leslie? I knew the creepy miniature little version of Leslie, relatively, and I'd rather not go back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay that's not <laughs> oh i'm i'm so glad i have that on recording because i'm using it elsewhere and i don't know where yet or when but it's definitely going to get used oh no that that has production value that has dropped value that that no <clears throat> all right so back to the uh, our first room with the creepy little girl one minute, I'm checking under the bed just to make sure Leslie's not there. I used to have a Willem Dafoe living under my bed. Hey, you asleep yet? Uh, no. Just checking. Okay. So the first room is where the guests will encounter a creepy little girl. They're walking down the corridor when they enter the patient's room, so they encounter um, this creepy little girl. Well, actually, let me let me go back. So they're walking down the corridor, they enter the patient's room, and they see just this little teddy bear prop that we've had. Um, excuse me. With just a bed with porcelain dolls all over it. Now, what doesn't. Can anyone think of anything creepier than porcelain dolls? Leslie holding, Leslie, po- Leslie holding a porcelain no, no, doll. No, 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 no. Okay, so <laughs> I think the distinction we're going to have to Who's make. Who's dressed as a porcelain question. doll? Which also reminds oh. me, I'm working on a makeup oh, tutorial to. Um, do makeup as for a porcelain doll. Creepy and awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. It's going to take so me a while because I have to get the makeup right first before I can tutorialize it. Yeah, sure. I will look forward to that. But actually, if we if we made the girl look like a porcelain doll and then she's surrounded by porcelain dolls, yeah, I think that would be the, awesome. I, I okay, okay. Put a bit in that. Put a bit in that. <laughs> put a bit in that. Okay. So, we... So the 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 guests enter the room. They say that you see this teddy bear will potentially may make some noise. Um, just a bed full of porcelain dolls, just kind of creepy, tattered, just unnerving looking stuffed animals. Um, and then you know they go forward. And then are we having a door close? We had a large discussion about whether the door will actually close, and we'll, it never got we'll settled. Another pin. Another pin. Pin number two. Um, <laughs> anyway, so basically what we'll have is... someone is writing down new... these pins? Yes, I'm, I've got, I'm you copying. Are. You're, okay, Kay, you're copying down our pins? Yes. Okay. So they eventually, so they move forward, you know, they probably investigate a little bit, see what's going on. Um, behind them, emerging from behind the door, uh, we'll have our, our creepy little girl. Um, 
so they have well we it actually is written down creaky door closing behind them we have it written down as closed so anyway we're having the, you know the door creak be unnerving and then they turn around and see this creepy little girl okay so should we ever look like a porcelain doll there's pin number one i've already added it she I looks like a porcelain we, doll are you sure i think yes if we have porcelain dolls on the bed isn't that overdoing it a little no bit? no that's why no, she's in the asylum no, no it's it's thematic that's why it, she's it in the actually... asylum. She thinks she's a porcelain doll, and it's f- creepy. <laughs> wow. Okay. John, just don't ask me for the backstory that I've already written in my head for her as to why I think she's a porcelain doll, because it's even creepier than everything else we put together. I want to do a whole episode just on that. Oh, God. Oh. Okay. So, oh my God. room number two. Do not There's... apologize for nightmares. <laughs> Okay, so pin number two. So it actually we have it listed as the door closing behind them. Now the it's thing a with that it's is... a sound effect. It's just a sound effect. There is no actual door because that would ah, make things correct. complicated and uh, potentially disrupt hazardous. the flow of patrons and makes hazardous and all of these things. <clears throat> just sound effects. Avoid closing doors, everyone. Okay, pin number three. Otherwise, Keone will come after you. This pasta is one thousand three hundred sixty-four dollars. Wrong pin. Oh, yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. Okay, Leslie, do you want to read room two? (laughs) Room two, we are going with a lobotomy patient. The room is going to be slightly off the main thoroughfare, and they're going to have to turn a corner, so they're going to walk into a dead end, have to turn a corner to see into the room. Um, The patient will be behind bars, and we'll have an audio either recorded or the actor uh, mumbling about the West Wing. Um, and again, this is kind of this this patient who's supposed to be the success story. Um, eventually, or not eventually, rapidly he's going to lunge towards the patients, bash into a wall, and his head's going to fall off. Or part of his part of his skull is going to fall out. Because the lot of me, he damages his um, recovery. Brains. Nom, 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 he's nom, not nom. a zombie. No, he's yet. not a zombie yet. <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. I think we both did. <laughs> Slow in the draw. Right. Anyway, uh, so this is a spot where we think we could make good use of, like, the bloody bath mat to do a bloody splatter on the wall uh, when he hits it, and then part of his head falls off and uh, creeps people out. Point here, though, is that they are not in the room with the patient. It is off. They are looking into the room. Um, right. Anyway. <laughs> On to room three. Uh, room three, we talked about uh, using a Utica crib. And if you don't know what a Utica crib is, please, please, please go Google it. U-T-I-C-A, Utica crib. Um, picture a child's crib. It's basically, an iron ma- it's, it's basically an Iron Maiden without the spikes. I was really hoping you were going to leave it at Google it and move on. You didn't, but, uh... I, no, I like that. Iron Maiden without spikes. Uh, so we're going to have them come into the room with the Utica Wait, crib. Like the There's band? an actor inside screaming incoherently. Um, oh, and you lay down instead of stand up. Correct. Thank you for that. That's key. But anyway, so all we need for that room is the Utica crib and a patient in scrubs uh, screaming incoherently from inside, reaching through the bars. Um, I'm really excited to start building a Utica crib. Well, and we can definitely have it even where there's some um, bars that are broken so they can actually look like they're almost able to get out. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, next room. John. Let's see. I had switched off. I was looking at expensive foods again. Sorry. 
I'm joking. Okay, so room four we have is the electroshock therapy room. Um, so our guests are going to walk into an, basically an operating theater. We're going to have um, we're going to have specific props there, like the obviously we're going to have an electric chair with an after. Yeah. We're going to have an electric chair with an actor strapped down. Um, a double poke switch, and one thing we're particularly proud of. Pole. Um, double pole switch. switch. What, what did I say? Poke. Double poke switch. And that's I just a read. whole other world that I don't want to get into. <laughs> Which is good, because before, this just looks like double pole switch vibrating. Exactly. <laughs> How much of this is getting edited out? I was going to say. Actually, though, I think that laugh right there is good for the little girl. That's actually not bad. <laughs> okay, keep all of that on file. Noted. Do you actually want me to read that over? Yes, if you would. Okay. The whole thing? As you feel necessary. <laughs> all right, we're just, I'm just going to Just give me the whole room for it. So the whole so our guests are going to then walk into our electroshock therapy room. Um, so they're basically going to be walking into an operating theater. We're going to have um, a Jacob's ladder, obviously an electric chair with an actor strapped down to it, um, a double pole switch, and a vibrating floor. Yeah, we'll need two actors in here. We've got uh, one in the ta- one in the chair. One's an orderly, um, probably one, uh, wearing a straight straight jacket, but strapped down to the chair. Um, the orderly's got his scrubs on with a really gross apron, and uh, we'll use the corner as an obstacle to slow them down so that they end up on the vibrating floor pad so that as the orderly throws the double pole switch and starts electrocuting the people, it will also uh, feed into... Uh, they'll feel the vibration through the floor and hopefully... well. I think the vibrating floor. The is vibrating floor will, will make them. Super cool. Oh yeah, and it'll make them feel like they're getting electrocuted. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. <laughs> so if someone were to ask you, how do you feel about electrocuting your guests? You just walk away, or I'm not going on record answering that question. <laughs> That's probably wise. <laughs> <laughs> My lawyer has advised me not to answer questions like that. You have a very smart wise. player. <laughs> mm, very much so. So that's All right, as, lovely so, room five. Oh. We don't have a room five yet. That's as far as we got. Uh, we oh, yeah, we designed right. those these four rooms, um, and as everyone who has listened to Patient Zero, our Patient Zero episode, you know, our whole theme is that people are in the hospital when patient zero attacks and people start turning into zombies so the first half of our ultimate of the ultimate final finished product is the asylum and then the second half of it is going to be the uh, like zombie apocalypse or at least that's how we're breaking it up into micro haunts god that is just a rough day Jeez. Well, and just as an additional note, um, we've we've already discussed the fact that we need more rooms than what we've designed, um, especially for the haunted asylum portion. Um, yes. This is just what we're starting with. Again, we're going to do micro haunts kind of on each room is the plan, um, and then build in as we go along because ultimately this is going to be a compilation um, project. 
Exactly, exactly. So one year we're going to do these first four as the Asylum micro-haunt. The next year we'll do a Zombie Apocalypse micro-haunt with the next five. Another year we're going to do a Haunted Asylum with five rooms um, as a micro-haunt. And then ultimately we're going to be putting it, all of these micro-haunts together that we are assembling uh, to make one very one large haunt that people would actually be willing to pay money for. Yes. Yes. So that's where we are. We are... We're done with the first four rooms, and uh, this episode we want to start talking about the next five rooms, uh, the zombie apocalypse, si- the v- zombie apocalypse side. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, design theory that we're using um, to keep us grounded. If we aren't grounded, okay, why don't you tell us you about Leonard Pickle's article? Oh, that's a great idea, John. Thank you. Uh, for all the regular listeners of our show, you know we talk about Leonard Pickle all the time, the godfather of the haunted attraction industry. And he wrote a uh, an article in 2013 called Haunt Design, Sight Follows Fright. Uh, you can find a link to it in the uh, on our Facebook page and in the notes for this episode. And uh, for those who don't know, Leonard Pickle was, before he... Well, he got started designing haunts when he was in college and he was going to college, uh, as an architecture student. So he brings his architecture background to all of the haunts that he designs. And, um, in, in, um, this article site follows fright talks about his, uh, design process a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm reading straight from the article. American architect, Louise Sullivan coined the phrase form follows function meaning that the function of the space should supersede its form, or the science has precedence over the art. Very important for when people's lives are at risk in, say, a high-rise building, or a developer who cannot lease the building, no matter how amazing, because the designer forgot parking or toilets. So what is the function of a haunted attraction? Some would say that it is to entertain patrons. I believe the true function of a haunted house is to entertain patrons by scaring the living crud out of them. So, how do you define scare? Well... Leonard Pickle defines scare as to strike with sudden fear or alarm. Uh, reading from the article again. Sudden is the key word here. As haunted attraction designers, what we do is create scenarios to startle or surprise people. Sure, set dressing, scenic lighting, and soundscape are important to the overall scare factor, but it is the unpredictable action of the actor that is crucial to the effectiveness of the haunts. When a good architect is designing you a home, one of the first things he will want to know is, how big is your furniture? Do you sleep in a king or a queen bed? One nightstand or two. Dresser? Do you watch TV in bed? Once he knows what functions will be done in the room and the size of the quote-unquote equipment needed for that function, he arranges the furniture on a large blank sheet. He will continue to move the pieces around in the open until they achieve the best possible function for the room. Then and only then does he draw the walls around the function, defining the form of the space. Once each of the rooms is designed for best function, he repeats the process using each room form as a piece of furniture and arranges them to the best function of the group. Closet next to the bedroom. Dining room near the kitchen. Many times, the shapes and sizes of the original best function rooms will need to be looked at again and rearranged to better fit the function of the whole. Nothing is sacred until the whole of the project. The property, garage, driveway, parking, elevations, porch, yard, and roof line reach the best possible function together. I call this designing from the inside out. In contrast, a contractor will look at a project and decide what the most economical sizes are for the rooms. 12 by 14 feet for a bedroom, 5 by 8 for a bath. 
and then come up with a more of an overall rectangular final building shape that's more economical to build, but may or may not be a fit for your furniture. This is designing from the outside in. And if you've ever seen a house with one room that's too small to do anything in, you've experienced this type of quote-unquote architecture. If we return to the premise of function for a haunted attraction, then the scare is the first thought of what goes into the design of the room. What will the actors and animations do in the space, form, to scare people walking through? Be it a drop panel, crash doors, or monster overhead, what is the most effective approach to that scare? Should it happen early in the room or late? What is the sightline of the scare? How, how far back can people see what's coming? With the scare in place, I then locate obstacles in the room to direct the patrons into the best path for the scare. I add tall items in the room to shorten the sightline, provide misdirection, camouflage, or hiding places for the actor, and perhaps a couple of scares that can be done by the same employee. Only then do I draw the walls around the completed room, allowing for pathway width and code issues. After each room is maximized, I place them in logical order and fit them in the available building space as best I can. Massaging the room designs where needed to make everything fit to the maximum effectiveness possible. Then I sleep on it and work on it some more the next day just to be sure. Quick question. Always. Just note. Are, so you said massaging the room designs. Are you giving those room designs a lot of alcohol first? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about that. I know. Like an hour ago. How am I not supposed to say that? And now I have to find some way to work Jim Gaffigan in... Covid beef, if you're not familiar with that, that comes from cows that are fed beer and massaged with sake. And I heard that and I was like, I want to be Kobe beef. Where do I sign up for those? Are some happy cows? <laughs> and out of context, it sounds completely messed up. Thank you for that. <laughs> Fantastic. You're welcome. I'll continue. So. Uh, as we're designing, we want to design from the inside out. So what we're really going to be doing today is looking at the scare that's going to happen in each room so that we can then take those ideas back offline uh, and start actually drawing out each of the rooms. We will publish each of the rooms up on our Facebook page so that you can uh, see them, you can comment on them, tell us what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Um, and then ultimately we'll be taking those room designs and once we have a location and know how much space we have to work in, we'll be working those room designs into the available space we have. Is that the end of the article? I think that's the end of the relevant portion of the article that he wanted to discuss, which again is, is the idea of designing based on form versus function and making sure that all of your um, rooms really do fit what they need to for the work that you're trying to do. Which, I mean, it, it's, it's the practical thing to do. Yeah, so this is where we really want to transition from the asylum into the zombie apocalypse. And we want to do that both quickly and... Yes, we do want both, to do that. Well, we want to do it both quickly and slowly at the same time. What do I mean by that? The transition or the discussion? The transition. And the discussion. <laughs> okay, so the big thing about doing it quickly but also slowly, if I'm, I'm guessing where you're going with this, is we do want to make a clear point of this is a different phase, both in the haunt and also in the story, but we don't want to, again, we, we want to dial back the scares just a bit from where we ended 
in the asylum portion, dial them back a little bit and kind of slow things down because now we're transitioning from asylum to zombies. Um, so that's the slow down. So slow down the scares, but speed up the process of getting through room five, room six to ratchet it back up again. Yes. So that's something that we talked about in one of our earlier episodes, two or three, I forget which one, um, where you don't want to be constantly scaring people uh, at the same time throughout the haunt. If you're, if you use this, if you're scaring at like if everything is exactly as scary as everything else, then people are going to become saturated uh, with adrenaline and with their emotions, and you'll lose the effect well, of a lot of the scares. Well, it's not even just saturated. You, you 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 deaden them. It's it's not just a saturation. It's it's a numbness. Yes. That your yes, that, your, your brain to develops to try and handle it. Um, again, it's a survival technique for humanity. Um, at a certain point, you really do have to stop being scared in order, order to function. So you develop a numbness. So if you are just hitting one level, it's like listening to the same note, um, at a very, very, very loud volume. There's no musicality to it. There's no nothing to it. It's just loud noise and your ears eventually just become flat. But if you're changing, um, your pitch, your tone, your duration, uh, all of a sudden, what goes from a very, very loud noise to something musical and something that you can actually enjoy and appreciate, even if you're getting the shit scared out of you. Right. So that's what we want to do. We've been we slowly ramped up the scares um, from the creepy girl up to um, our electroshock therapy. With, um, that's a big scare. So from little scares, little startles, working our way up to the big scare now it's time to start bringing it back down again uh, so we can start working our way up again but we at the same time we want to start the transition into the zombie apocalypse so elsewhere in the asylum while the guests have been um, checking out all of the doctors quote-unquote success stories patient zero has bitten someone and uh, the zombie disease has started to spread but our patrons don't know that yet how do they find out Less. With that in mind, room five. This is where we're starting to transition from the asylum to our zombie outbreak. Um, and it starts with uh, one of the orderlies and one of the doctors getting eaten by a zombie. Yes, exactly. So, um, the, so how are we going to do this? We have the guests who have just left the... Um, they've just they've left, just left the, the electroshock um, the therapy. So they're uh, going to be coming down the corridor and encounter a zombie uh, eating the eating a doctor. Well, I think the question here is: Do they do we want them to run into the orderly? Have a because we've got drop panel with a zombie coming out. Yep. So do we want it to have it where the zombie is already eating the orderly, or do we want to have it where the orderly is getting attacked by the zombie and they walk they walk in, they see the orderly, and then all of a sudden the zombie attacks. We, well, we could go either way. So I kind of like the and idea I, of using the doctor, like they were walking down the corridor and they come upon a doctor who is already getting eaten. That's a misdirection that we can use to guide them um, right in front of the drop panel. Then the drop panel drops and uh, there's another zombie popping out of the wall just a couple feet away. So that's, I mean, that's one way that we could run this scare, but we're going to be doing that a lot on the next couple of rooms. I'm kind of thinking that I want to see... I think I'd rather have it, um, and again, this is both to kind of drop it down, 
um, from a scare level, but also to build a transition. So we've already kind of done ghosts and, and haunted and, and crazy people have it where they don't necessarily immediately realize it's a zombie. So at that point, having the not the zombie already be eating the guy, but having the orderly be, you know, walking through and then get attacked by something that is kind of zombie-esque, but it happens so quickly that all they see is something in the attack. So they're not sure if we're talking zombies or if we're talking crazy patients. Because this is also the transition of it was not just that he's made zombies, he's made zombies out of crazy patients. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And so this like kind that of better. bridges that bridges that gap between the two storylines. So it's it's not from from a story perspective, it's not such a harsh, jarring transition. Um it gives their brain a little bit of time of they're eating people they don't look quite right. You've already seen somebody with half their head falling off. Um, where is this going without being like, okay, and now zombies, because that's, again, that's kind of a, that's a pretty jarring transition to go from asylum to zombies without some form yeah, yeah, of exactly. build up to it. So what we need is, uh, in this room, we're going to have two actors, the zombie and the doctor. We're going to need, um, some place for the zombie to hide. Sounds like a romance novel. Sorry, the zombie and the doctor. Sorry. Right. No, I'm not writing necrophilia. <laughs> I'm not writing necrophiliac love stories. Nope. I don't want it really to be a room. I'd rather have it be a large hallway. Well, it is a large hallway. In fact, everything is a large hallway. I say room more as uh, it's a station for an actor. Okay. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I just in terms of a design perspective, I think having a hallway because then you can have doors so comes out of a blind door. Yes, just yes. Just from a, from a perspective, fact, instead of it being like into a quote-unquote room, where you're like, okay, this is a little bit weird. It needs to be definitely designed hallway-esque rather than room-esque. Agreed, agreed. Um, so um, in a large hallway, two actors, zombie... We have two actors, the zombie and the doctor. We have... Uh, we need a hiding place for the zombie. The zombie um, attacks the doctor, driving guests into an open door, which happens to be... Or lead into the West Wing. Yes. Yeah, and that's the other reason why, is we do need to push them to the West the west Wing, so wherever they're running into, or where, where they're headed, they now can't go that way because they just see this doctor get attacked, eaten, and kind of, you know, we'll, we'll do blood spurting or something charming. Yeah, I, I like the idea of um, there being a hallway behind the doctor, um, like they were going to go so that again, way they, and they have no other... they see an exit, but they can't go that way. Yes, exactly. So it, it does it does push them to, now they have to be in the West Wing, and what does that entail? And again, having the you know West Wing doors that they've already walked by, but having those doors now be open and kind of knocked off their hinges. Precise, yeah, exactly. Safely and securely. <laughs> Safely and securely, knocked off their hinges. So we'll knock the drop panel. There will be no drop panel here, uh, but there will be a place for the zombie to hide, and he ends up attacking the doctor... And uh, diverts our guests in, through the open door into the West Wing. Yes. Perfect. Where to next? Now they're in the West Wing. Morgue! Dead people time! <laughs> okay, so the morgue... Um, this is, well, pretty typical morgue. So uh, the space is going to have... You know, we need a uh, refrigerator door. Except... 
we'll have to do a little research and see what they used for the refrigerators back in. Um, honestly, I think for the mo well, what era am I thinking of? I know a lot of times um, morgues were pretty much just, uh, if you were lucky, tables filled with covered in ice with bodies on top. Um, mostly tables with bodies on top. That would actually not necessarily cupboards. So actually, well, we that might actually make it a lot easier. So the, the, well, and and the cupboards we can still use those because we I mean they would still have um, a wardrobe for the coats. They would still there's still a lot of places that we could stash people and props and things like that without having um, refrigerator doors popping open with zombies. We could be zombie in the wardrobe. Um, but I want to say that this era refrigeration still not quite a thing definitely not for dead bodies because at that point you know people who work in morgues are weird so they'll just deal with it um, <laughs> but we don't so, even get me in body well, snatchers we can have a bunch of tables um, just tables with covered bo with bodies covered by sheets yep which again that works in a, in a lot of ways because we can have animatronics under them so the sheets start moving as people walk through so you start to get this idea we don't know where it's coming from and then you start to see you know reanimated zombies and we're now, you know, either chewing on corpses, chewing on corpses that are now waking up and reanimating. Um, there's a lot of different things that we can have going on. So, again, you start to build a lot of anxiety in this room because there's a lot of things going on that are wrong. Yeah, and we're forcing the guests to walk among the tables. So there's no other way to get through yes. the morgue except by walking past each of these tables. Walking past everything. Um, where's, a, where's a good... There's there's a good TV series that has or a show that has an episode. Which one is it? I'll think of it and, and I'll, I'll message you guys. But there's basically a TV episode, um, probably several, where you have this situation where there's you're you're walking down this morgue um, and what all it looks like and it's literally that basically would be one of the best ways to do it, especially in a hospital scenario. I think it would be one or two um, main corridors with tables on either side. Yep. And then, um, you know, wardrobe by the, the, the entry or the exit to, again, either push or pull people through the room. I, I kind of like the idea of putting a uh, picture like six tables. Um, and they three have and to, three. And they, yeah, three and three. They have to walk down Actually, the middle. I would, do th I would do three and three, and then I would do a main operating table because the tables are, are essentially, they're, they're just storage spaces. But then you would still have the, the, initial designated autopsy table. Okay. So I'm not entirely sure how to design that <laughs> to make it. That's exactly work. where I was going. Uh, but I think having a, well, is there, I mean, there's no reason we can't have still an even number of tables and only and one of them is just uh, a little bit bigger, a little fancier to collect bodily fluids and such. Well, it, it, it well, yeah, it, it would have the drainage. It would have the. Um, I need to do autopsies. I need to do research on 19th century autopsies. <laughs> That'll be fun. Add it to the list. <laughs> Add it to the list. Yeah, research 19th century autopsy rooms, morgues, and. Um, well, really medical techniques of the time, which, depending on the era and the location, vary greatly. Um, sure. So, yeah, but I've... what I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, you work on storyline, but what I'm thinking is. 
Um, they're walking. Um, they're walking down the middle of these six tables. Um, we have an autopsy underway on one of the tables at the end. Um, they want to avoid it, which pushes them closer to the table across the way, and that's where we have an actor popping out from under the sheet and uh, with yes. a good startle scare. Yes, and again, chewing on other corpses that are in various stages of reanimation. Yeah, I kind of like. Uh, we'll ha- if we have five tables, one of them will be the actor. One, well, six tables. One will be the actor under the sheet. One will be an active autopsy, um, active autopsy, and then the others are moving in various degrees. Yes. Okay. Uh, we didn't talk about uh, costume and makeup yet. Um, corpses in various stages of decay, damage, and um, really they would be uh, once again in scrubs. Like the costuming for this is relatively basic because again you're in a hospital with the exception of what I'm going to call our haunted asylum which we haven't really discussed yet where that's when we're going to have period um, different periods and different costumes Uh, for the most part it's going to probably be in scrubs or some form of lab coats yeah yeah with varying varying degrees of um, yuck on them Okay, Celeste, it's your job to figure out what would... Various degrees of yuck. Celeste, it's going to be your job to figure out what an appropriate uh, dress for doctors and orderlies at the time. Yep. Okay, so that is the morgue. Tables with bodies covered by sheets. We have animatronic corpses under the sheets starting to move around. Um, An autopsy table with the reanimating zombie chewing on a orderly is our redirect, pushing people toward... Another table which will from which a zombie pops out uh, to do a startle scare. Yes. Okay. Once they have escaped from the morgue, well, what are they doing with all of these bodies? Naturally, they are trying to burn them. Crematorium. I am super excited to design the crematorium. Not words you usually hear, but yes. Actually, that's not totally true. I'm super excited to start building the crematorium because I have all kinds of ideas on charred corpses and i'm excited uh so what's the scare here we have um the incinerator and my idea here was to use the sorry i hit the mic my idea here was to use the incinerator as a redirect um we have a charred corpse crawling out of the incinerator which again that is a psychological because again Zombies should be easy to kill. Apparently, burning them does not kill them. We have a problem. Right. Um, but what's he... So that's what they're going to be focusing on. Uh, so we just need another zombie here popping out of some place that will uh, that will actually do the scare while they're focused on the charred corpse. I kind of want to do something somewhere. I don't know if to be better off here or better off in the Haunted Asylum portion. But I really want to do something coming down from the ceiling and something dripping. Ooh. Ooh. I like where you're going. Um, I think, well, dripping, I think, is appropriate in any of the corridors. Like, we can just have stuff dripping on people throughout. Delightful. Just running drip tubes. (laughs) You know, just running drip tubes. Yeah. Throughout, I think that's well, totally and, and appropriate. I, and I want to mess with um, not just dripping, but I want to mess with viscosity and color. 
I don't think color is that important because it's going to be dark. My next thought is, oh, I want to make it glow in the dark, but I know better. Yeah, we're, let's not let's not get into radiation yet. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But it'd be so much fun. Stick to the storyline. We're already combining lots of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're already combining know, lots here. Okay, but I kind of like your idea of something coming out of the ceiling. I mean, this may be a good spot for. I think a ceiling for... thing, because again, you know, we we talk crematorium. We're talking, you know, you're going to be looking down. And this would be, I think, a great place for a puppet type prop that can be operated by an actor um mm-hmm. i'm thinking like on bungee cords where it lunges out at them from the ceiling i'm thinking that or the, the bungee thing would be cool definitely having someone up there presents some building challenges but nothing too extreme um what are some of the other things oh, ceiling ceiling I want them what do we do with ceilings can't drop them on people who says we can't drop them on people Probably the fire marshal. <laughs> <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Universal gets away yeah. with it. Universal has more insurance than what we can afford. Yeah, that's true. Okay. What else? Um, I mean, I think the crematorium, I mean, that's going to be kind of one of the really, really cool things, honestly, and the, um, the incinerator. I think so, too. If we do it right, it's going to look freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and another thing that we need to figure out how to do, if, if we can do it safely, is making sure that there's heat. Yes, absolutely. This is... Because um, that, that's, what again, the, the full sensory thing, we need to have smell, we need to have heat, we need to have visual, we need to have auditory. This is a great place to really integrate all five senses into this universe. needs to be warmer than... Uh, or needs to be oh, extra warm. Yep. Uh, incorporate smell. We can totally get some uh, charred, char smell mm-hmm. in there. Yep. I think we're pretty good on the crematorium. Yeah, I, th- I think that about covers it because we want them to be looking at the animatronic zombie trying to crawl out of the incinerator and then have something basically drop on them from the ceiling. Yes. So one only need one actor. So they're in that kind space. of looking down. Yeah. So they're kind of looking. In, in a downwardly direction and something falls on them from above. I love it. Okay. Hate it when that happens. Yeah, so the, I think we've got a, we've got a pretty good handle on the crematorium. Shall we move on to the next room? Yes. Sweet. John, I think you need to start talking now. What, what kind of room? Room 9. Sorry, room 8. Yeah, so... Yes, we have one of those. All right. I do think we need a room between the incinerator and the graveyard. Like we have to get out somehow. You know what? That's you know what? that's an excellent point. Yeah, that's actually a solid point. And I mean, we can do that very simply um, by just adding like the exit as a room itself. So mm-hmm. we um, we have like the emergency exit. Although we probably shouldn't call it an emergency exit because the fire marshal will throw a fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But we have the quote-unquote emergency exit, uh, and that will... Uh, so how can we work a scare into that? Well, it's an exit. We want to push them out, but we also want to terrify them. Could have dank cake. That might help. 
I don't find dank cake terrifying. <laughs> what kind of cake is terrifying? An empty cake platter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Actually, uh, that picture you guys sent me from the West Coast Hunters Convention, where they use that like blood—wasn't that cool? The blood Hershey that, that looked gorgeous. awesome and terrifying. I know it that was amazing. So cool. Like I wanted to eat it, but at the same time, would be like I don't—I don't feel good about this. So we're inside the hospital. We need them to get outside the hospital, and at the exit is a good spot for a scare. Yes. So just what to put there. So what to put there. That's the question. How about an electric fence? Well. No, because it's... Actually... Well, is that time appropriate? Leslie? I don't know how Mm. much it would... Is it time appropriate? appropriate? Electric fence. Electric fence? Yes. Wouldn't be hard to set up. It wouldn't require any additional manpower. And I don't know how much... I don't think it would slow them down that much. But that, Again, between Tesla and Edison, between Tesla and Edison and the era that we're working on, it's not impractical. I kind of like the idea of. Um, it's a cool effect. And and that's it. It's a cool effect. I'm experimenting right now with spark gloves, so like the spark bat that we had, except gloves that you wear. Gloves. So people can like grab it. onto, you know, be clawing at the fence and it's sparking. Mm-hmm. I think that would look awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's not, not outside the realm of of possibility at all. So I think it's definitely a, a something worth considering. Yeah. On a side note, and you can find out a lot of the cool effects and see some cool content about those electric fence videos. Kay, where can we find those? Oh, what a... Brilliant and subtle segue. Because I know we just put up some great content on the the effects of those electric fences. You are absolutely right, John. In fact, I just uh, put together a five-minute how-to video on how we did our electric fence uh, did scare you? for... I had no idea. I, I did. I did. It's uh, posted up on our Facebook page. That's www.facebook.com slash haunting you. Uh, and you can probably find it through Twitter as well. John, what, what what's our Twitter handle? I believe it's at Haunting Univer One, which is Haunting U N I V E R One. Absolutely, check us out there, and uh, you can see some of the how tos. That's also where we'll be posting like the drawing. The, that's where we have all the photos and design work from our previous haunts, and it's where we'll where we will be posting all the stuff for Patient Zero as well. So come you can check also us go out there and ask us ask us questions, comments, concerns. Things like that. And if hypothetically uh, I've stumbled upon this podcast, episode 13, and I want to go back and listen to you know episodes 1 through 12, how could I do that? Well, I believe you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Ooh, those are good places to look. Podbean being my those personal favorite. Those are excellent favorite. places to look. Yeah, yeah. I think you would be very successful. <laughs> I like to think that we're winking this entire time. Absolutely. Of course I'm winking. Please tell me you're winking. Oh, I did several times, at least three. Fantastic. Fantastic. Excellent. Um, for those who don't know, we are not in the same location. We uh, record all of our <laughs> podcasts via Skype, and so uh, it's just more fun that way. But we can't really <laughs> see more but we can't see each other. Wink. Wink, wink. I'm going to start wink, saying wink now every time I wink. But I will not be saying blink every time I blink because that would just get ridiculous. <laughs> blink. 
just really blank. just the absurdity of well, blank, blank. That, okay that is <laughs> quite funny but <laughs> what if you just said oh my god that's that's a, don't do that that's a terrible trip to start what if you just started saying the things you were doing every uh, time fiddling oh with god. milk cans or fiddling with milk jugs what would your children say often I'm not sure. What would they say often? I, I was going for pooping. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I'm going not going to gonna say I haven't done that while recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you took that to a, you took that to a different place. You, you brought it up. You, it's your own fault. Okay, so the emergency exit. Maybe we incorporate an electric fence. That was not as good a segue. Yeah, we should do that. Right. So thanks for that break into... uh, Thanks for that break for uh, our social media, John. But uh, (laughs) back to what we were discussing. No, I I like the idea of the fence there. I don't love it. I'm a little bit concerned about um, making sure we stay inside... The time period. <clears throat> More so, again, just flow and storyline and tossing a scare in just to have an extra scare versus having something that really fits. Let me, let me back up a second. We don't um, want to force it. Let me back up a second. Where is Patient Zero now? Well, I think the better question is not necessarily where is Patient Zero now, but is Patient Zero really a character that they're going to be interacting with as the guests are going to be interacting with that that's my or question is patient zero just a i'm not going to call him theoretical because obviously not but an idea it's something that we have but there's never actually seen. technically seen as what he is i don't know is that scarier to never see him i kind of like the idea of them um you know exiting the crematorium Ending, finding themselves in a lost corner, a lost hideaway corner of the asylum, and there's a guy locked up in a fence or locked up behind an electric fence. Um, patient zero. Patient zero. Yeah, kind of like, I, a, I like think... a big reveal. Is that what you're thinking? Uh, I don't know about a big reveal, but they stumble on him in the well, basement, and the idea is that he's not. I mean, again, the the entire thought thing later. The entire idea of this is that. Patient Zero escaped. He doesn't and necessarily. Well, he doesn't need to escape. He just needs to bite someone. Who's dumb enough to be sticking their fingers in his cage? Well, but that's why they locked him up. You know, he bit an orderly. It's going to take time for the orderly to um, become zombified. Uh, in the meantime, the others were able to get control of him and lock him up behind a fence. Uh. uh. I'm, so you're so the big thing we, is we, we have some we have some plotting we, we have some plot lining to do on this one because yeah. mostly I mean partially in terms of I say technical aspects of how to make this work from a story perspective um, well so I'm thinking here's why I mean here's why the, the so, big thing is let me let me walk you through my thought process and I don't okay. so we're in the crematorium the crematorium is probably going to be uh, in the basement of the 
the asylum anyway because it tends to be colder down there next to the morgue. Yeah. Um, so we need to get them out so we can have, you know, they're down in the basement now. They go through a couple of rooms and then emerge up out of, like, a cellar door to get up and out of the asylum. Okay. So my question to you is, what else is down there besides the crematorium of the morgue? Well, I mean, I, I definitely think we need to have patients go somewhere or something kind of like the empty Joker um, cell where mm-hmm. clearly he escaped. I like that. And and my my big reason is is because we've we build up to so many clearly apparent failed experiments and people who are already transitioning. He's patient zero. He's what started it. So does it spread with him, or is he simply the first person to have to see the effects of whatever the lead doctor was doing? I feel like it's a little anticlimactic if he escapes, bites someone, and then gets locked up. The, I mean, the, that's kind of what I'm I'm feeling. Like it really does need to be it's called. I mean, it's called patient zero. We should. Yeah. I feel like we can. I feel like we can. We could play that up a little more. Maybe he's, you know, he is he escaped, bit well, someone, and, and now he's and, lurking somewhere in the building. You know, something yeah. and, where and, and nobody it, knows where he is. And, and I think the other thing is, is again, you know, we, we've set this up as the doctor's been experimenting on the patients. He inadvertently creates patient zero. So how do we get from one patient zero to now you have all of these other corpses coming back? Well, I so think I think you're you kind of hit it on the head. Patient, the doctor is ultimately what is creating the zombies. So patient zero yes. isn't really um, your traditional patient zero. The first per- he's the first person who got the full effects of turning into a zombie due to the doctor's experiments. So what do they do with him? Right. Yeah. I mean we. Are we? I guess the question: Are we making Patient Zero a kind of a I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase it, like an important plot device? Are we actually making Patient Zero like a pseudo villain? No, like no. an important piece of the storyline. Yes, I mean he's an important piece of the storyline, but he's not a sure, villain. But yeah, he's a victim. Exactly, the Doctor is the villain. Well, okay, let me... Okay, I, I phrased that poorly. Um, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, I I tend to agree with Leslie in that it's it's a little anticlimactic if we just have not But that's okay, but that's okay because this isn't our climax. Okay, fair enough. We have the chart... Right yeah. before this, we True. have the crematorium. We do have time. That's going to be a pretty big scare. Now we're bringing it back down again. Fair enough. So I, I kind of like the idea of having the first um, contained by uh, Tesla's experimental electric fence. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we could even like put Tesla's name on the fence. <laughs> yep. Actually, or like something. Um, or find one of his, um, his assistants or one of actually better yet would be um, Edison's since Edison stole all of his assistants designs and ideas and <laughs> published them and patented them as his own. Sure. So putting, Somebody who worked for Edison would actually be a little bit um, of a nice slap in the face because screw Edison. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, 
<laughs> no bitterness there. <laughs> of course not. So, no, so room eight will be uh, the prison, the patient zero prison, for lack of a better. Yeah. Yeah, and I think again should be you know, a room with a bunch of like clearly experimental things. Is like he's trying to figure out what the hell happened. So, do you want? So, are you thinking like more than one holding cell? Um, yes. I think maybe two or three, only one of which has a quote-unquote live patient. I was thinking more like four, and then three, we have one that's empty, three with people clawing to get out, and electrocuting themselves. Something like that, or in various stages of reanimation, decomposition, ookiness. So, so similar idea here, we have... Uh, four cells. Uh, the people are walking down the center of this um, holding area. And one one has clearly been busted out. Ooh, I like that a lot. So one four. So, so we it's have not four just cells. That it's empty. One busted it's, out. Um, sure. Um, like have it where the it, it, there's sparks crossing a hole in the fence. Ooh, I don't know how I I don't know how I would Jacob, do that. Jacob's but... ladder into a fence. I know. Jacob's ladder into a fence. I know. I don't know how I, I would know how do, you that, would do but... that either. <laughs> You're the electrical engineer. I have faith. You'll figure it out. I'm going to have to play with stuff. Be sure to ground yourself first. So we have probably a couple dead zombies. <laughs> well, dead patients mm-hmm. inside sure. cells. Two dead patients, yep. one live clawing at the fence. Oh, and the dead ones are being are, have been munched on. Two dead patients... Munched on. <laughs> one live clawing at the fence. One's busted out. Sparks flying. Ooh, I don't need like all we need to do is have sparks flying. Yeah. Um, you got that from sparks flying? Yes. I, I was stuck on the idea that like there would be arcing between the different parts of the fence. Um, but I much prefer the idea yeah. of a big old hole in the fence and there are sparks falling from the ceiling. That works too, especially if we have the um, the fences floor to ceiling. Yeah, yeah, and maybe I mean we could do that very simply with a person up above uh, with like an angle grinder, just grind against a piece of metal and sparks fall. Yep. Into the cell. Grind your. Ew, no, you know what? No, never mind. I'm not gonna do that. Fair enough. Okay, I like mm. I like that a lot. Uh, so we'll have to find. See, out. And then they come out the cellar. Idea, a great idea. And then they come out the cellar into the graveyard. Yep, yep. So that will the graveyard will be room nine. They are exiting cellar doors. And actually, this would be a good opportunity for us to raise the raise the floor. Um, mm-hmm. And that will give us room for the mass grave pit. Yep. So exit cellar doors uh, up. Uh, floor good, so uh, we'll go upstairs. Wonder how when we'll probably need like a ramp to make it ADA compliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, and really again, um, sellers might not have had stairs. Those they, and in cases they would have been ramped because it was just easier. Yep. So um, they go you do up a dirt, ramp, dirt, dirt ramp, dirt ramp into a cellar or out of a cellar. Up the ramp and exit into graveyard. Oh, and we can put in. Um, 
a small little kind of atmospheric effect on the ramp of um, spiders, roots, things dangling down that they have to walk through that brush against them. Nice, nice. Um, so roots, cobwebs, and other things dangling. This is another good spot for the smell of dirt, which we can accomplish with dirt. <laughs> Let's not get too sophisticated there. Uh... Sometimes the simplest answer is the best one. Yeah. So this is really not the room. This is between the rooms. Well, I guess yeah, room nine it, is it, the exit. Accurate. No, the exit yeah, really I mean, is its, its own room. Kind of. Yeah, can be. Yeah, but it's... Uh, again, we're bringing the scare yeah. down again. So we're coming from the crematorium. Uh, the patient zero prison is a little bit... It's unnerving, but not scary. And then we're into pure atmosphere unnervingness before we ramp it back up again. So we're into a trough. Yep. Beauty. So that takes us into room 10, which is the graveyard. Yes. We have... So what's the big scare here? Um... I'm thinking throughout, we had it... throughout we'll have, like... Um, zombies trying to emerge from graves. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Are you talking actively emerge? Well, yes. So, so at some on some of the graves, there will be like arms reaching up out of the graves. Others, it'll just be the dirt moving up and down. Um, we may have a whole torso <laughs> like clawing out and uh, trying to get out. I'm sure there's some mechanisms we can build to, to accomplish that. I already have like some actual ideas. Movement. I already have some yeah. ideas. <laughs> okay, so we have zombies actively trying to yep. But what's the come big, up out of the ground? But what's the them. big scare here? Hmm. Maybe ha- maybe An eerie, awkward silence. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe a zombie like no, what? Um, we could have a zombie popping up out from behind a tombstone. Are we simple startle? Yeah. That I was going to say is that the big scare. Or are we going for no, something larger? No, this is not the big scare. We're not there yet. Okay. We're ramping back up again. Ah. Okay. If that's thinking, the case, then I'm, yeah, I'm actually, well, depending on how long we run it, like having a bunch of startle scares. I mean, we have. Let me. Okay, so help me out here. Are they walking through the graveyard near it? Where where are we talking? Through through the graveyard. Like, where is there a path? And so, I mean, that's a. Then, yeah, to your point, that's a fair amount of startle scares if they're having zombies popping up left and right. Well, that's just it. They won't be popping. So they'll see them constantly. Okay. So they see ar- they see arms that are. Uh, uh, be too hard to reset. Never mind. They see arms that are reaching. They see the dirt moving. They see one zombie who's got his whole torso out and he's trying to claw his way well, and, out. And any any start any full startle scares that we do would have to be actors because of the reset. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now I'm not opposed to having like, two or three of them in this area. <clears throat> um, but anything that we actually have popping out of anywhere. It needs to be um, human because of the reset time. Agreed. 
So uh, we have one or more uh, zombies um, pop up and startle from behind graves. Splash. Yeah, we'll just say from behind graves. Uh, maybe sure. a mausoleum over there. I do like and, and this would be an excellent place. That we, oh, this would be an easy place to scale. If we have more actors, um, we can add a couple mm -hmm. more here. And then on nights where we have less actors, uh, we have only one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's the graveyard. Simple startle. Ramping it up again. Into uh, room 11. Room. Uh, that, and this is our mass grave with zombies trying to crawl out. Right, so... Yes. And I think the big thing is to get you can't go around, you have to go across. Yep. Yeah. Um and basically rickety bridge. Right. So very on the catwalk. Mm-hmm. With zombies trying to crawl up onto it, some of them on the bottom, reaching through, um, essentially you have to get through a, a wave of and a mass of zombies. Question, so I guess the question, how do we do that? Uh, well, are we talking animatronics? Are we... So I think it's going to be, be a combination. I think it's going to be a combination. Okay. It's going to be mostly um, probably mannequins, honestly, uh, just to mm. get the sheer number of bodies needed. Um, we'll have some... It's going to be a large amount. Yeah, exactly. We'll have some animatronic parts like uh, we can do arms here and there uh that are doing reaching really simply and then i think we need to ver we need to be careful here because we it we need to make sure it's varied from the previous one yes yes we do but i mean i kind of they're being they're i kind of feel like this is not our coup de this isn't our ending scare. this is not our ending scare no, no it's not we're sure. we're I'm bringing saying, it down again we're uh, well, okay. bringing it down. We're changing it. So instead of just having them coming out, this is really where they're starting to encroach much further onto the um, people running through. Sam, be careful of the amount of, hey, they're trying, zombies are popping out from somewhere trying to grab them. Well, the this is also like they're climbing on the bridge. The bridge is unstable. Sure. The, the, this is, again, this is, it's not the final scare. It's not the coup de grace. But instead of it just zombies trying to crawl out of graves, now you just have this mass pit and they're climbing up onto the bridge that you now have to run across. So this one is a little bit more psychological than a sure. startle scare. Fair enough. Okay, so then we say that. Then they get across the bridge, or... Okay, we've got all <laughs> that. I like it. Okay. So what's the end? What's... Says where, do, where do we take it from here? They get it... They okay. are out of the graveyard. They're over the mass grave. Um... What chases them out? You know, this is where in, this is where in a lot of haunted houses you have like the chainsaw guy. Sure. Well, Arkham, we had Joker as the coup de grace. Exactly. So you go 
You go with your big guns. Obviously, we have to bring out Patient Zero at this point. That's kind of where I'm leaning. But how do we make him super know, scary? <clears throat> I'm just... Weak. I'm just trying to think. What would... So these are just to, just for point of fact. So the rest of these zombies are just your basic walking dead type zombies. They're not intelligent. They're clutch and grab. They're not particularly fast. Something like just your basic zombies, right? Yes. Okay. So then what, apart from that, what, what if we're, if patient zero is another zombie, what makes it worse? Maybe he's, what makes it scary? Maybe he's what mutated. takes it to the next level? Maybe he's mutated. Could be that. Could be, yeah, maybe larger arms, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Yeah, something like could that. Uh, put him up on stilts. He could still be, in, do we want to have him be intelligent at all? I mean. Maybe faster. Probably to an extent, yes. But remember, saying, but remember we've got to, to next level? well, we've got to uh, get it in their heads within just a couple of seconds that they need to run. Sure. Okay. So I'm thinking a huge imposing figure, like blood dripping off of him, um, emerges up out of the shadows and um, with blood-curdling scream goes chasing after them. Fair enough. Les, looking for your input. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that... um... No, I like that. Again, it's it, it does need to be much bigger. We obviously we've already set up that there's something that's even bigger that has escaped out of this. And again, we need to make mm-hmm. sure the cells are clearly substantial. Like this can't just be a oh look you escaped. There's a little class right. ends. Like, this needs to be something that is significant. Right. Um, in terms of. Like this you is know, no small matter. What it Something is, like th- this is happening. this is much bigger. Because again, I, I, the idea is kind of along the lines of, um, you know, he's clearly made. There's a lot. You know, a lot of these are failed experiments. Okay, hold on. Let me let me run through this this, this plot line that I wrote because I think this is something that was part of the lost episode. <laughs> when you say a lost episode, these do you mean were... lost? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, the last lost episode, not the first lost episode. The only not lost episode. Um, anywho. <laughs> Probably going to keep that in, you know, to the, one. The, yeah, let's try for that. The doctor has been experimenting on the patients. He's generated a number of failed experiments. These failed experiments are still the zombies, but the patient zero is really the pinnacle of the, let's call it, achievement failure or failure achievement um yes okay that that's that's where i wanted this to go all of the all of the zombies that we've seen before all of the the in various stages of decay various stages of um reanimation etc they are all kind of failed experiments they're not quite true zombies or not they're there's something they haven't quite reached the let's call it the frankenstein pinnacle of zombieism <laughs> Patient Zero is the Frankenstein pinnacle of zombieism. That's where I wanted to go with that. Okay. So, so just... what if I'm I'm just spitballing? 
what if we have him have some measure of intelligence? How do you express that, that in detract? a couple of seconds? No, you're right. Well, I again, I think it's up. it's it's bigger, it's faster, and intelligence is not just blindly chewing on things, but picking at a target and going for it. And that's where the oh look, people, I'm chasing them instead of just trying to escape. They're trying to climb out of the pit. This is where we've had patient zero, and then we can have um, people who've already been turned by patient zero. What do you mean, people who have already been turned by patient zero? Well, again, it's it's the idea of this is an outbreak. It's not just... So just um, more zombies, you mean? Yeah. So we have all of these other zombies. I'm thinking of, like, levels of zombieism. <laughs> With, again, patient zero being the accidentally perfected version. So the I am legend version. Yeah, kind of. Ish. Yeah. Except basically. I think he needs to be more imposing than... Yeah, well, I am zombie. Sure. Zombie, or I am legend zombie. Like, I'm thinking a cross between Frankenstein's monster and zombie. Something yeah. just enormous, yeah. huge bulging well, muscles, again, dripping this, snots. This idea, yeah, and this idea of the doctors is essentially, he's not just trying to heal these patients, he's also, I mean, having him search for immortality and bringing in that Penny Dreadfuls, the Frankenstein, like, there's a lot there. So it's, it's this search for immortality. The result of that, he has all these failed, stupid, idiotic things that just want flesh, and then he creates this smart, scary thing that still just wants flesh. I like it. And that's the coup de grace. That's the... And then it's also the realization of he can turn others to become what he is. Mm-hmm. So again, it's it's that concept of Bride of Frankenstein. I don't want to be alone. I'm smart enough to know that I'm alone. I'm scary. I want brains. I need something, somebody that wants to eat brains with me. Yeah, I like it a lot. So less you will flush that out more. Yeah, I'll write the I'll write the <laughs> plot line for that. Because there's a lot that, of... Like... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. There's a lot of what? I was just saying, you say it like, I want to find somebody to eat brains with me. Like, let's be friends. Well, <laughs> let's be by themselves. Okay, but that at least gives us a uh, a pretty good idea of where we want to go in our storyline. And of course, this micro haunt will not be next year, but probably right. like um, 2020. Halloween 2020 is when we'll really be targeting this uh, the zombie apocalypse micro haunt. So we have some time to flush this one out. Sure. In the meantime, we will be continuing to work on uh, the room design for uh, our f- uh, asylum micro haunt. Um, and start putting those pieces together so that we can, uh, as soon as we have a location, we can uh, really nail down the design. I like it. Okay. Yep. John, yeah, sum us up. I think we've got a good place to start. Say what now? Sum us up. Uh, we hashed out some ideas, did some things, did some stuff. That was terrible. Less. So, it's a summary if I've ever heard one. <laughs> You haven't heard one, clearly. Um, so in this episode, we've kind of rehashed the plotting and the planning that we had done on the what are we, we are now terming the lost episode, and hopefully we will not have to pluralize that ever. Um, and then we have gone into the a discussion of the particular scares that we want to use for the second half of our Patient Zero haunt, focusing on the zombie apocalypse um, aspect of Patient Zero. 
Uh, we also had a brief discussion on uh, uh, Leonard Pickle's article, Sight Follows Fright, um, basically discussing function of a room and how to design from the inside out rather than the outside in. What we really wanted to show in this episode was our methodology as we're designing our rooms. Please give us feedback, uh, not only on what we talked about today, but on uh, all the aspects of Patient Zero as we're putting it together. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Help us make this as scary as possible. Yeah, if you have ideas we haven't thought of, tell us. Let us know. Yeah, we would love to incorporate uh, other ideas into this and uh, and make something absolutely terrifying. We are open for feedback. So, John, you want uh, you want to talk about where uh, how people can contact us? So, yeah, like we were talking about, if you have questions, comments, um, any feedback you want to give, or yeah, just an idea you guys want to have us consider for the for the hunt, a um, couple places you can give that to us. So, Twitter at Haunting Univer One, which is Haunting U N I V E R One. Um, so you can ask us questions there. Uh, we also post all of the content from social media. Uh, we have great articles, like Kay mentioned earlier. We we're talking about how to uh, his how-to for an electric fence, all kinds of things that you can incorporate into your haunts. Yep. And you can also find that on Facebook. Which As, is where? That's at facebook.com/slash/haunting-you with just the letter U. Just the letter U. Haunting letter U. I like it. And you can also find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you want to listen to us, get caught up. <laughs> Check out, our other other episodes check out our other episodes. Check out our other episodes. Fill out your own Hunter's Ghoul box. You just you just had to get the pun in there, didn't you? I did. I did. So I figured this is also a good time since we've been you know doing it throughout the show. Okay, are we recording? Uh, fifty-two thousand three hundred and twenty kilobytes. So yes, I'd say we're still recording. Excellent. Fifty-two thousand three hundred eighty-four. Fifty-two thousand four hundred. How about? 52,428, 52,448, 52,476, Thanks for listening. And as always, happy haunting. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting Univer one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingu.podbean.com.
why would you take away my thesaurus privileges when I can say, oh, my God, this cake is so dewy? 